Seeking for the help of the Lord, I direct your prayerful attention to Deuteronomy chapter 7, the passage that we read, and reading for our text, verse 6. And there is just a few words really in verse 6 I want to speak on, but we'll uh, read the whole verse. The whole verse reads, For thou art an holy people unto the Lord thy God. The Lord thy God hath chosen thee to be a special people unto himself above all people that are upon the face of the earth. Deuteronomy 7 and verse 6. And the clause that I desire to bring before you and me is the words, The Lord thy God hath chosen. The Lord thy God hath chosen. And of course it goes on, Hath chosen thee. But my desire this evening is to give a basis to be submissive to the Lord's choice in many, if not all, of the aspects in our lives. One of the graces of God's people is to be submissive to the sovereignty of God and what he chooses is best and we see many times throughout the word that we have things joined to a word such as this the Lord thy God hath chosen and then set before us what he has chosen but I want to begin uh, thinking of the passage that is here before us where God is setting before his ancient people that he has chosen them. They are a peculiar people, a special people unto himself in our text. And he brings a real contrast between his people and all other nations. He says in, in our text chosen to be a special people unto himself above all people that are upon the face of the earth and we see ancient Israel the nation that God had chosen to bring the seed of the woman that should bruise the serpent's head chosen to be the custodians of the scriptures to write the inspired word of God it is that nation that has gathered together under God all of the Old Testament scriptures that we have. Uh, they are the ones that God had chosen in that way. And then, of course, in the gospel to go through into all the world. And we have the type as well, not just in the Old Testament, of course, it is a chosen people, uh, Israel, but then in the New we have a spiritual people and what is said about God's national people is said about his spiritual people. Come ye out from among them, touch not the unclean thing, I will receive you, ye shall be my sons and my daughters, saith the Lord Almighty. The same distinction, the same separation 
And in this chapter, you, we cannot read it without marking how great a distinction and how carefully they were sanctified, separated to the Lord. They couldn't make mixed marriages. They uh, had to completely destroy their graven images and all those things contrary to the word of the Lord. They had to utterly detest them, to hate them, to abhor them. You know, sometimes we get so deadened, so desensitized, so hardened that we see, we hear many things of what the ungodly and those who have no fear of God before their eyes are doing, are saying, but do we view them as abominations? Do we view them as cursed things? Do we utterly detest them? Do we utterly abhor them? Do we realize that they are cursed things? Now sometimes we can be more like the world than like God's people. And of course when the children of Israel came back from Babylon they did make mixed marriages. When our Lord was on earth, he in the temple, he cast out the buyers and the sellers. But we can be like that. So if anything, this chapter, it highlights the great difference between God's people and those that are not. Here it is, ancient Israel and the rest of the world. But in gospel times, it is God's chosen and called people and those of the world that know not God. The world that lieth in wickedness. A marked difference. And what made that difference? Who made that difference? Who decided that there would be a difference? God decided that there would be a difference. And God made that difference. And he chose a people. And so we read in our text, Thou art an holy people unto the Lord thy God. God chose and God made it that it should be a holy people and unto the Lord thy God for his praise, his honour, his glory. This people have I formed for myself. They shall show forth my praise. And so in our text, the Lord thy God hath chosen thee. And then in verse 7, <coughs> we read, the Lord did not set his love upon you, nor choose you. So, we have the choosing and setting his love upon a people. They are one and the same thing. Loved with an everlasting love. Chosen in him before the foundation of the world. We love him because he first loved us. And he says, there is nothing in you. You are not more in number. You are fewest of all people. And we know of ancient Israel they still murmured, they complained, they were no different, they were still fallen. But the Lord chose them, gathered them, brought them, taught them, sanctified them, and chastened them and corrected them. And so th this is the, the setting here in this chapter. And the way I want to have it to rest on my spirit and, and yours as, as a basis then for going into the things that happen in our lives and those of our loved ones is that the Lord so sovereignly has chosen us. This may be said of all gathered tonight of whom have made an open profession, all of those who are able to say that 
we are his people. The Lord is our God. The Spirit bearing witness with our spirit. We have not only been chosen, we've been called. Called by grace, separated unto himself. The Lord passing by us when we are in our blood and bidding us live. The Lord, hath, uh, ye have not chosen me, but I have chosen you and redeemed you, ordained you to bring forth fruit and praise. The Lord's testified that in John 15 to his disciples and that applies to those that follow after. He said, I pray for them. I pray not only for these, but for them who shall believe on me through their name. And so it is an emphasizing here for a child of God before they start to wrestle with or come to terms with things in their lives let us go right back to the beginning let us think how did we become one of God's children how did we come in the way how, how, how did we come to, to know the Lord how, how did we come to have a profession how did we come to have any dealings with the Lord at all because the Lord began with us he chose us the Lord thy God hath chosen thee. It's speaking of in the past, not will choose thee, he hath chosen thee. And that choosing has been made known by calling. And the experience of each of a child of God as the Lord has called them and quickened them, it bears testimony and witness of this that we are his people to want to really think on that maybe each meditate and think on that are we his people do we have that witness do we have that token for good do we begin as we start looking at our lives and the things that we pass through through various scenes our lives are drawn do we begin first and think of this I did not put myself in the way. I did not choose the way the Lord did. He set me amongst his children. He made that choice for me. The Lord thy God hath chosen thee. And may that word then rest upon our spirit as the starting point for all things that may be burdening exercising troubling your soul tonight those things that you're going through your loved ones are going through let us start with a choice of the Lord in choosing us why me says the hymn writer why was I made to hear his voice and enter while his room while millions make a wretched choice rather starve than come the Lord made that choice ye have not chosen me I have chosen you and ordained you we think of the uh, time when David numbered at the end of his life he numbered Israel and the Lord uh, said to him that uh, uh, choose thee uh, three things in, in chastisement and it was either three, three, three years famine or three months destroyed before thy foes or three days pestilence 
the sword of the Lord destroying. And David said, let me now fall into the hand of the Lord. He was in a great strait because the Lord said to him, you choose. And you know there are times in our lives if the Lord said to us, well, you choose. The word tells us that we must through much tribulation enter the kingdom. But if the Lord turned to us and said, you must have great trouble, you must have great tribulation, there's no other way, you choose. You choose what tribulation. Shall it be sickness in your body? Shall it be sickness in your loved ones? Shall it be deformity? Shall it be that all men are against you and hating you and separate you from their company? Shall it be that you will be homeless or lose your job? Shall it be uh, some trial from within your family or outside the family? Or maybe that the great trial is going to be in the church of God and amongst the brethren? What would you choose? Wouldn't we be in a strait? Wouldn't we know what, what to do? How to manage it? You know, David is in one of those places when Absalom was pursuing him and they went out to battle against him. What was poor David to ask for? What was he to expect? How could the outcome be? Joab later on, he said, I, I, I think that if they would have been happy if we'd have all been killed. And Absalom being spared. But of course it was his son. Of course he, he cried for his son. But what an impossible choice. But the Lord undertook and, and overruled uh, for it how it should be. David knew those times when there was things set before him that was too much for him to choose. He did not know which way to go at all we read in psalm 47 it's a beautiful word he shall choose our inheritance for us not just in this life but that which is to come inheritance incorruptible undefiled reserved in heaven for you who are kept by the power of god through faith unto salvation and the lord shall choose that and the place where the temple was. It was said of Solomon that the Lord hath chosen this place. And he did. That was where the Lord answered David in the threshing floor of Arona the Jebusite. That's where the temple was built. The Lord used that, overruled for good David's sin to show him where the temple should be built. Same places. Abraham offered up his son Isaac and the Lord appeared for him and blessed him there. But the Lord chose the place. David was told he should not build the temple, but Solomon, his son, he prepared for the temple. But where was it to be built? The Lord chose the place where it was to be built. And so these things are, are set before us. Sometimes we have uh, where the Lord says this is not my choice this is not the way in, in Isaiah 58 uh, and uh, verses 4 behold ye fast ye fast and say thou seest not wherefore have we afflicted our soul thou takest no knowledge 
And the Lord said, Behold, in the day of your fast ye find pleasure and exact all your labours. And then he asked this question, Is it such a fast that I have chosen, a day for a man to afflict his soul? Is it to bow down his head as a bulrush, to spread sackcloth and ashes unto him? Wilt thou call this a fast, an acceptable day to the Lord? And then he says, Is not this the fast that I have chosen? to loose the bands of wickedness, to undo the heavy burdens, to let the oppressed go free, that ye break every yoke. Is it not to deal thy bread to the hungry, that thou bring the poor that are cast out to thy house? The gospel, the beautiful gospel, who is a neighbour, the beautiful parable of the good Samaritan, uh, and the, the way the gospel speaks to the poor and the needy doesn't come with an iron rod like the law, but it comes with oil and wine to heal and cherish the poor wounded and bruised soul. And the Lord says of this, of his, his people, on one hand, this is not what I have chosen. On another, he said, this is what I have chosen. Or in gospel days, he would say, I have not chosen to bring the law. I have not chosen to make the gospel a uh, duty I've not chosen to offer the gospel to people I've chosen to preach the gospel and I've pros- chosen to make faith to be a gift and that the salvation of the Lord comes from the Lord and that it begins with the Lord and not with man a man all the time tries to reverse the order and change the way that God has chosen to bless and to favour his people that God makes it very clear that there is a way he has chosen and there's a way that he has not chosen. And so I want to look with the Lord's help just to consider several ways in which the Lord has clearly made that choice and chosen for his people. The first one I'd set before you is that he has chosen the way of salvation. The way of salvation. Right at the very beginning when man sinned, sin entered into the world and death by sin, the Lord said that the seed of the woman should bruise the serpent's head. He chose out the way. He clothed naked, first parents with the coats of skins from the animals he'd slain and very close upon that we read the offerings of Cain and of Abel and the Lord was pleased he had respect unto Abel's sacrifice a blood offering but not unto Cain's which was of the fruit of the ground the ground that was cursed and right at the beginning the Lord makes it very clear that I have chosen that my people should be redeemed and without the shedding of blood there is no remission and that choice is the Lord's choice man did not decide how it would be the Lord decided and like with Abraham going up that mount and Isaac saying my father the fire and the wood but where is the lamb for a burnt offering he knew there must be a lamb he knew there must be a burnt offering he knew there must be blood shed but where is it and Abraham he says my son God will provide himself a lamb for a burnt offering 
And the Lord did provide in a literal way. But our Lord said, Abraham, he saw my day and he rejoiced at it. Have you ever thought, well, there could be many ways the Lord could perhaps have redeemed his people? You might think, well, why, why couldn't he just use his great power and just say, well, I'll just pass by the transgression of my people. But where would his justice be? Where would his holiness be? The plan that the Lord has chosen, it does not do any violence to the holiness of the law of God. He's made the law honourable. It doesn't do violence to his faithfulness or to his holiness. And the Lord has chosen out this way, defies this way. Dear Job, he says, how can a clean thing come out of an unclean? He knew that it was the seed of the woman, but how could one born of a woman be clean? Well, we know from the gospel how that was brought about. <coughs> but Job, he puzzled how it would be. And yet the Lord had chosen the ways that it should be. We think of the way of salvation in all that brought the Lord to this world, his perfect life and obedience, giving a righteousness to give to his people, the blood that was shed, to loose his people from their debt, to bear the wrath of God in their place. The Lord chose that way, appointed that way, how he should save. And then when it comes to the gospel, when it comes to bringing about that last will and testimony of his beloved son, he has chosen, he decreed the very place where he would show triumphant grace. He has appointed that it should please God through the foolishness of preaching to save them that believe having all our churches, the local churches, not man's devising. God chose that way. God chose to have pastors and deacons. He chose to have the churches and order in the churches. That's God's choice, not man's. And yet man thinks he has that choice, thinks he can lay aside many of the things in the word of God and decide what shall happen in the church of God or how that men could be saved or brought to salvation. No, that is God's choice and God's appointment. He has revealed those things in his sacred word. He has chosen the way of salvation through Jesus alone and he has chosen how every one of his dear children should come to faith. And many, many different ways, many different ages that they are brought to faith, many different countries, some long under the law, some very quickly brought to faith and liberty, gospel liberty. Some are dealt with very deeply, others more shallowly, some gently, like Lydia whose heart the Lord opened, or some very severely like the Philippine jailer. And the Lord chooses out how each one should be 
called in that way. It was said of Saul of Tarsus, the Apostle Paul, Go thy way, he is a chosen vessel unto me, to bear my name and be before the Gentiles. Now when we look back, those of us who know the Lord, him writer says, Dost thou mind the spot and place where Jesus did thee meet? And we are to remember as the children of Israel were, all the way the Lord thy God had led us these 40 years in the wilderness, times of trial, times of testing. But he which hath begun a good work in us will perform it unto the day of Jesus Christ. I hope there are those amongst us that can look back upon the path the Lord has led us tonight and we see many times where the Lord has chosen, chosen a trial, chosen how he delivered us, chosen how he brought us to faith, chosen how he brought us into the church of God, chosen our loved ones for us, our husbands, our wives, chosen our places of abode, chosen where our loved ones have been taken, when they were taken, how they were taken, circumstances around their passing that we saw his hand, his timing, and able to say he hath ordered all things well. The Lord has chosen the way of salvation and where it comes down to the personal experience of his dear children. Now I want to think of this in the light of those who may not yet know the Lord, who are seeking him, waiting upon him, desiring his blessing. There was a line, and I think it's the last lines in hymn 306. When and where and by what means to his wisdom leaving. And when I was seeking, that was a great help to me. And I proved it many times. Even the exercise of the ministry, seven years in bondage, in soul and in that exercise before it came to pass. And yet the Lord did bring it to pass in his time, his way. Often in our minds we try to second guess the Lord. We try to think how he will appear, how he will deliver us out of a trial, how he will bless our souls, how he will bring us to faith, how he will set us free. And yet it is in the Lord's hand. We have to wait upon him, not in a fatalistic way. Not saying, well, what will be, will be. But being really burdened, exercised, prayerful over it. But are fully persuaded that the Lord has a chosen place, a chosen time, a chosen manner for him to actually work and do these things. Some of the most sweetest things I've had is to notice the Lord's timing. You've only got to look at the book of Esther to see the perfect timing of those things that happened then. Just a slip up in one point would have unravelled it all. But his timing is perfect. 
and to watch then, watch especially where we're waiting upon the Lord for his salvation, for his blessing and his favour in our souls. So we to consider that, when and where and by what means, to his wisdom leaving, whether it be ourselves, whether it be our children, whether it be our loved ones, whether it be those in the church that we're burdened for, maybe they like our children and we lay before them, and yet we must leave it with the Lord as to how it shall be done and appointed. But the third thing to consider is the Lord hath chosen the words of blessing. In the first place, he's chosen the words in Scripture. All Scripture is given by inspiration of God. He hath chosen what is in the Bible and what is not. Sometimes we might have passages and we think, oh, I wish we knew a bit more about that account, about the flood, about how Noah got all the animals into the ark and uh, many other things. The scripture is silent, but silent in the Lord's choice because he says, that shall not profit my people. They do not need to know that. Many times when you're studying, especially in further education, we would want to know more. We'd ask our instructors, can we know a bit more? And they said, no, it's not in the syllabus. It's a waste of time. It won't help you get through your exams. You just do what I've set before you. And the Lord, where scripture is silent, says that to his people. Don't trouble yourself with that. How many are caught up with all sorts of theories and going after wild notions speculative things that are not in the word of God which if only they took notice of what God has chosen to include and chosen to exclude then they would be delivered from many many trials dear soul if you are troubled over things that are not in the word of God then may you realize the Lord has chosen to be silent in that you think of one example in John 14 where we read, In my Father's house are many mansions. If it were not so, I would have told you. Because he's silent, it is that it is so. There is mansions there. And it is, it's often a comfort in that where the Lord is silent. It, it, it's not a bad thing. It's a good thing. And so those words of blessing the inspired word of God. But some of us, we have verses, words in the scripture that the Lord has chosen to apply to us, to use them to bring us out of a trial, to direct us in providence, chosen to be as oil and wine to our soul. And those words, we haven't gone through the word of God and thinking, I, I just want a word for this and uh, I want a word to help me in this time and, and just take comfort from taking a word to ourselves. We might try, there's no comfort in that. But when the Lord brings the word, when the Lord brings the comfort, thy words were found and I did eat them. Dear Ruth, she went gleaning was it just a chance she gleaned more than others 
that there were handfuls of purpose there? Not at all. There was the command by Boaz. <coughs> and the command was that they drop those handfuls of purpose. And those were what she found. And the Lord has that command for his servants. He has that command for his people that they are led into the right chapter and the right path so they have the right word that is brought before them. And sometimes we've been blessed in going maybe to a special service and the minister has been unwell. He has not been there. A replacement has been there. Uh, and the Lord has blessed that word to us. And it's been a double blessing because it's not only been a blessing in the word, but we thought if there wasn't a change of minister, if the original minister hadn't been sick, then we would not have had that word that was such a help to us at that time. And there are occasions like that I have, and no doubt you have in your life as well. The Lord hath chosen. So when we read, The Lord thy God hath chosen, as the words of our text, we can add on to that, chosen the words of blessing that he has blessed us with. But then in the fourth way, there's the path of providence. The Lord has chosen that. The Lord said to Abraham that his seed should be a stranger in a strange land. They should afflict them 400 years. And in the fourth generation, they shall come thither again. He didn't tell Abraham how that would be brought to pass. Jacob did not know that it should be his son that was taken from him and he thought to be dead, that was brought into Egypt and that he should become the ruler and that it should be in that way in the well-known account of Joseph that God brought his people into Egypt. God chose out that way, how that would come to pass. And so in many paths of providence we we have where the, our Lord was foretold that out of Egypt have I called my son and uh, the weeping and wailing of those who lost their children is foretold in Jeremiah and that there shall be a hope in thine end. The Lord telling hundreds of years before it came to pass the way what he had chosen should happen and how it should come to pass. And so with you and I, our paths in providence may be like as the hymn says the, the cup is a bitter cup the bud is bitter but sweet will be the flower it is hard walking through it we don't see the way we don't know the way you know when Jacob ventured when he saw the wagons the Lord appeared to him that first night fear not to go down into Egypt Joseph shall put his hand uh, under thy thigh. He shall see Joseph. Jacob, he said, I thought not to see thy face, and the Lord has shown me thy seed. But the Lord had been silent all those twenty years. He hadn't said to Jacob, Now you can pray for your son. He's not dead. He is alive. Don't grieve. But the Lord laid a veil of silence all over it. When the Shunammite woman came to Elisha so distressed, Gehazi tried to thrust her away. Elisha said, No, 
Tears sore trouble. The Lord hath hid it from me. He didn't know. Come as a surprise. And yet this dear woman so afflicted because of her son that had been given by promise that was dead. We have a similar with Elijah too, the widow of whom she sojourned, fell sick and died. Out there being my sin to remembrance, slaying my son. The Lord wrought the miracle to raise him to life again. But that path of providence unfolds the book and makes his counsel shine. And that each part of that is chosen by God. Now some of those ways our heart will shrink at. Some of those ways will tremble at the prospect. We won't know what to pray for. We won't know what outcome to expect or to even ask the Lord for. But when we're enabled to consider it was the Lord that chose us first and called us and has chosen out our lives where we were blessed, the words of blessing, many times in providence also he's chosen. There might be a help to leave the choice again with him. Choose thou the way, but still laid on. Choose it for me. Choose it for my son. Choose it for my father. Choose it for my daughter. Choose it for my wife. Choose it for my loved ones. Mary and Martha, when Lazarus was sick, they said to the Lord, He whom thou lovest is sick. And they left the issue with him. Love would do what was good, what was needful. But then it didn't turn out what they thought. And Lazarus died. The Lord raised him again. But what a trial it was. And it will be a trial to us at times when we are thinking, well, we'll leave it with the Lord, but Lord, you must work in this way. It must have this outcome. And when it's not, then it troubles us. But may we be held to leave the choice with the Lord. Yes, the Lord does that which is right. Too wise to be mistaken he, too good to be unkind. Tribulation we shall have. In me, he says, ye shall have peace. And if the Lord has chosen us and chosen our inheritance in heaven, is he not worthy to choose out for us in all that concerns us here below? The fifth thought is this. The outcome of all events Afflictions, trials, sicknesses, church troubles, troubles in the family. The outcome has been chosen by the Lord. Again we go back to Joseph. The throwing into the pit, the false accusation, the imprisonment. We haven't got to the outcome yet. When it comes to the outcome. Then Joseph said, It was not you that sent me hither, but God to preserve your lives 
by great deliverance. Judge nothing before the time. Your time is always ready, but my time is not yet. I feel I know myself. I'm so prone to judging of the Lord before he has finished the matter. We're likely to want to take over. We want to anticipate what he's going to do. Say, Lord, we don't need to pray anymore. I can see which way this is going. I can manage it now. But oftentimes the way is so dark we can't manage it. And we're like, Jehoshaphat, neither know we what to do, but our eyes are upon thee. And that's where we must be. Dear soul, if you have a trial in the middle of a trial, in the middle of a thing, walking through it at this time, may be able to rest in the Lord's choice as to what the outcome shall be. You may think of many different outcomes. Lord, help you to rest in the outcome he sees fit and right and good for you, for your loved ones and for his honour and for his glory. So may this word rest with us. The Lord thy God hath chosen. And may we begin with the Lord thy God hath chosen thee. But then enlarge that to all those things we pass through in our life. The Lord thy God hath chosen. Already it is settled. Already it is done. Already it is chosen. And his time and way he brings it about. Our dear Lord said, Nevertheless, not my will, but thy will be done. If it be possible, let this cup pass from me. Nevertheless, not my will, but thy will be done. May the Lord give us that spirit and help us, help us to rest in the Lord and to leave him to choose and to order all our ways and the ways of our loved ones. The Lord add his blessing. Amen.